Good evening and welcome to November Foxtrot. I love your hat. That was a surprise. <laughs> that was very unexpected. Yeah, I, I did that as the intro was playing. I thought, oh, what can I get in with? And I was like, rah, I got the old bear skin out. Yeah. Andy, you can't message us at literally at eight and say, took your time. Got the flaps to deploy as well. Look. Oh, nice. Excellent. They look very rigid, though. That reminds I um we went to the library with uh with Poppy um and got her a book on it was like a children's book on uh how a baby's born or like where the babies come from it's called um really and it's yeah, yeah so it's like <laughs> a, it's like a fold out book it's actually quite informative because it talks about babies from like all sorts of different animals and like um creatures and stuff like that but at the, the front page of this book says uh, uh where the babies come from now with added flaps oh. Well, there's 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 oh, a big there's a big clue. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Good evening, Andy, James, Fresh Meat, Mike, or slash Pete, uh, Harry. Mike, I, I, I don't know if you were here last week for um, when we were talking about that. But... Oh no, you were. You were here. Yeah. Was he here? Was he here for the ribbing? The ribbing. The ribbing. I think he was here for calling him Pete. I haven't called it to him face yet. I don't know if I, I might have to work on that one. Can we, also, right. Andy, evening, Andy. Welcome a long way. Uh, I need. To, we need. To, can I? Can you confirm that Andy's alternative character is that YouTube one? No, not sure. Andy, who are you? Who are you, Andy? Because <laughs> we got we we were having a debate the other day. Because Lance, we, we were sort of a little bit of a post-show debrief, and Lance was saying, "Oh, there's a few new faces on tonight." There was that uh, that Andy, Andy, Andy Luckett. Yeah, and we we're like, I think I think that's Andy Bob. <laughs> I was like, good God, there's two of them. Yeah. Getting abuse from two 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 sides now. Either that, or I've just very publicly just insulted Andy Bob and Andy Luckett. So, <laughs> if if you if you are different people, we apologise. If you're not, we yeah. don't. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rage, Rage, Harry, Cherry, Harry, Danny, Danny. Oh look, it's Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Danny, oh. whenever you whenever you put in the chat what's happening, I know that you mean it. Like, oh guys, what's happening? But it always comes across to me like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, like as if he's just woken up and staring uh, at us what? two. Like, why are you two here? Why are you in my picture box? <laughs> no, oh, no, now he's confusing us because he's put... So Andy, Andy Bob... And... Uh, uh, hang on. No, we no, are we different, are different people. people. I don't believe him. Oh. I think he's taking the piss. I think it is Andy Bob. I don't know. <laughs> uh, boys, what's happening? Evening, Les. At the moment, we're trying to solve a conundrum, Les, at the moment, um, whether Andy is Andy or he's other Andy, who's not Andy, but he could be. But we shall see. We'll find out. Oh, very confused. I think if, both, if you I are think separate both, people, well, They're that's both awesome. invited to the invitational, so if, um, if yeah, one person Kieran. turns up like a two-face, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll know who's who. <laughs> but the problem is, it genuinely might be two different people. I have, I have absolutely no idea. I'm very gullible on things like this. Oh, I once had a friend at school who I literally went to primary school, nursery, uh, and secondary school with. And in secondary school, showed me a picture um, of her. And she said, oh, no, that's actually my twin. And I believed her for like three weeks. Um, Did you really? I yeah. nearly got my wife to believe it was 2022 over the weekend. But um, I buckled. Couldn't keep a straight face. She's actually nearly about to Google it. What year are we in? I was like, are you fucking serious? It was quite late in the evening. We'd had a drink. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, anyhow. Oh, blimey. Right. News. Um, news. 
Any purchases? Uh, no, I've built a new. I've made a new suppressor cover though for the M4. Obviously, can't oh, show nice. it because of because of YouTube. You show the cover. Oh, I can't be asked. It's over there. Plus, both both the bowls have blown in the loft, so I'm sitting here just with my little angel halo light. Yeah. And it's just like a dark abyss down there. I think it could be a Jeff's out about down there somewhere, gimping about. So I don't want to go down there in the dark. Lots of scurrying going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that's it for me. Talking of scurrying, I bought some insect repellent. Nicely done. Um, this is just a little BCB uh, DEET 40% Citropel. Whatever that is. Repels mosquitoes, midges for several hours. What's that Scottish like it, one? It's, it actually it's says, to clarify, sorry, to clarify, it says repels mosquitoes, midges, etc. Etc. Oh, okay. So, Other yeah. applications then could be could be interesting. And um, what's that one that's been specifically made for the for the Scottish midgey? Is it smidgey or smidgey or something? It's called something like that. Yeah. I'd like to give that I, a go. I'll be honest. Supposed, when that I stuff's heard supposed to be like that, rocket it was fuel. A prank. No, it's genuine. Straight up, there's a guy uh, Simon, a bloke in the woods on YouTube, and he he swears by it. He did a canoe trip around the Scottish locks and that uh, a few weeks back for a charity, and he was using Smidge. it all the time. Smidge. Yeah, that's it's on stuff. Amazon for seven pound twenty. Yeah, I might have to invest in some and give it. I've got the red can of the jungle stuff, which is like the high concentrate uh, deet. It's got the high deet level in it. So there we go, smidge. Mm. Good man. Smidge. There we go. Hi, Andy. Andrew. Sorry, I don't want to assume. Uh, Les says, "Oi, Mike. Here's Sorry, my Andy's. password for my Wi-Fi." <laughs> Hashtag sort your Wi-Fi out. Yeah. So that, that's that's the main update. So uh, this week I am now running. <laughs> uh, don't pull the lead cable. out. Don't yeah, pull the cable out. Cable down to my um. My hub in the lounge, so I'm hoping that's going to fix it. Um, if not, don't know what I'm going to do. To be honest, camera's gone blurry. That's fun. Um, <laughs> fuck's sake! <laughs> sort that out now. Hang on. Mike, Mike now looks like a pixelated face from Crime Watch. Yeah. <laughs> so the Wi-Fi sorted out. I'm consistently blurry. <laughs> What's well, Harry said here? Purchases following episode 51 took the plunge and spent 300 quid on my Milsim Essentials, amongst other things. I now have a Bergen and a Spork. Good lad. That's what we like to hear. Nice. I'm hoping that you got more than the Bergen and a Spork. That would have to be an epic Spork <laughs> to, to warrant that money. Good it's God. actually self-heating. Self-heating. It feeds me. I could just sit there in my Tommy Chippy bib. <laughs> Num-nums. <laughs> Evening, Damo. Right, I'm convinced that the two, uh, two, the three. It's one person. Andy's going, Andrew, ask. you're a lovely man, and then Andy's going, thanks, Andy, you are too. Yeah, he's sitting. He's got his laptop out, mobile, yeah. and the other. I know what's uh, going on here. Right, this is uh, Ratty just said my bloody mobile internet must be from the same provider as Mike's broadband. <laughs> Mike, this is Mike's Moody Broadband.net. If you if you want to sign up, Michael. Yeah. Michael share his internet with you. I'll put a link on our website <laughs> there is when bit. it's finished. <laughs> oh dear, good stuff. Oh, right. So this week we are talking about Milsim risks and hazards. Yes, we are. So all things related to the However, risks and hazards of Milsim. <laughs> we did we did have a review this week, Mike, didn't we? We did have a review. <laughs> Hang on, I've got to find it. <laughs> we got a review. <sighs> Someone actually put a review in. Harry oh, Badger. Dear. Well, done, well now, just just before you start the um, what you're about to do, because I know exactly what you're about to. Do. Um, <laughs> I'm not excited for this at all. We're now actually recommended five stars on the on our Facebook page. Oh God! Because um, we now have we... four four ratings of five stars. Apparently. Nice. 
Oh, Thanks. wonderful. Thanks, Thank you very much. Good man. There we go. All right. Oh, this is going to be the most offensive thing we've done. Not for the most informative and funniest bunch of chaps, but all things Wilson. I've learned a lot from them and had more than a few laughs along the way. Everything from kids' recommendations and highly preventative groups to advise special guests and funny stories. <laughs> Not sure what accent this is going into. You sound German! <laughs> Indian, French, German. Highly rated and worthwhile viewing. <laughs> oh, mate, uh, for a fr- angry French waiter, you sound. You sounded more like Arnold Schwarzenegger than you did an angry French waiter. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be good. You're a good sport. Fair play. He sounds more like a... <laughs> more fucking gory. <laughs> oh, dear. No, I love that. Keep them coming thick and fast. Mike's yeah. got plenty of characters so, um, in there. If there's any more reviews for next week, um, we're going to be doing a sad... Sad... Uh... Let's go for sad, sad American mechanic. A sad American mechanic. All right. Yeah. Good luck with that, Mike, won't you? No, that's you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never signed up for any of that. That was all you. You're the you're the Amdram. Yeah. Hair clump. Definitely bringing the drama. It's the Gestapo. <laughs> yeah, it was, instant, it was instantly very German authoritative, wasn't it? It's like, you had a... Well, anyway, come on, we're digressing here. Look, some of us have a kink, and we're not gonna we're not gonna feel shame for it, right? We've got um, we've got five star reviews here, mate. We've got to deliver now. Come on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, Let's go. Go for it, Lance. Take us away. <laughs> Risks with well, okay. But so I guess the first thing to think about would be uh, obviously the event you want to choose, like you know your sort of level of competency, if you like, with your your outdoorsiness and all that sort of thing. So I think it'd be very important for you to choose a. If you've not been to an Emilson before, so uh, read up heavily on what the event entails, uh, where it's located, uh, like the, the length, longevity of the of the event, um, whether there's any breaks involved, where it's like almost like hard routine, where it, once the bell blows at the uh, the bell tolls at the beginning of the event, that's it. Then till the Sunday or whenever it is, index, um, just things like that to consider. You know, it's a big risk for um, someone who's sort of going in, sort of like without too much knowledge about it, thinking, oh, I've bitten off a bit more than I can chew here. Because um, that could potentially spoil it for you by going in, like guns blazing and thinking, oh shit, it's a bit much. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's one of, one of, one of the main sort of things starting I off. I like, recommend with... Sterling potentially as your first event. I mean, yeah, I've, I mean yeah. I've not been I to I would a recommend Sterling. Yet, but... I, like I said, I'm the same as you, I've not been to one. They look awesome, and all reports back from them are is they are awesome. Um, I'll, I'd certainly recommend it to other people to go to one, but I don't know if I'd recommend it for your very first time doing it. And I'm sure the guys at Sterling, being the guys who they are, would sort of agree, say, yeah, you know, you want to do a few more bits and bobs outdoorsy first and then sort of come along once you're a bit more competent with your, with your kit and, and sort of like dealing with your surroundings and that a bit more, maybe. Yes, what about yourself, mate? From my little, yeah, little, I mean, little list the, um... you've worked on? <laughs> uh, yeah, so reading your list that you sent me, um, I think it's important to ensure you've got the right kit as well. I mean, so, yeah. When you're when you're planning an event, there's no point planning one where you're going to be spending, you know, loads of time in the woods in the middle of winter in the rain, and then you haven't got a tent or a proper sleeping bag or proper sleep system or anything like that. Because ultimately, you just you're just going to make yourself miserable, mm. aren't you? You know, you're, mm. you're going to be going to an event and it's like you're going to be there. Things might get wet or something like that. You've not really kind of catered for that. Yeah, 
you've not really catered for that. Um, and ultimately, you're going to go away from that event. It could be the best airsoft in the world, but you're going to go away a little bit grumpy at least. Mm. I'm just having had a rubbish night's sleep or, you know, it's just, it's going to tarnish your event. It will so do, yeah. you, You've got to make sure you've got the right kit because ultimately, you know, you can you can have the best airsoft gun, you can have the best, you know, loadout and everything like that. But if you're going to get a rubbish night's sleep, then you're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to feel crap. You're going to take that into the game with you. Um and ultimately, it's going to bring you and other people down as well. So yeah, yeah, you know, it's all, it all comes down to the bare bones of it, and making sure, making sure you're competent with the, with the kit you've got and you've tried it before you've gone, as well. Yeah, you know? so that's that was the kind of subset, I guess, from that is also making sure you've got the right things. So it, it's not just making sure you've got the stuff you need, but also making sure that things work. Mm. Um, you know, a good example is like a hammock. If you've never tried a hammock before, you might struggle with it the first time. So don't set it up at a, an event as your first time necessarily, because you yeah. might find it's the worst night's sleep you've ever had. You know, it's a hammock. So in my opinion, it's probably the best night's sleep you're going to have. Um, but there's also th other things as well that, you know, you'll you'll learn as you go. So you make the little lists and the little debrief after events. And you'll come up with things like, uh, like you know, the, the, the insect repellent. You know, I've gone to a few events now where I have been bitten by bugs and it gets a bit annoying. So, exactly, the insect yeah, repellent, yeah. you know, that's just a little thing from there. And that then goes on my list for the next time I go. Um, mm, mm. So, yeah, it's making sure you've got the stuff you need and also packing appropriately. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, like, like like we've said, you know, trying to keep before you go, even to the point if you, if you if it's short notice, I mean, obviously, say you've ordered something and there's been a delay in it being shipped to you and it's arrived a day before you're supposed to be going, um, and you've got like a little one man or little two man uh, sort of tent sort of setup sort of thing. I don't know a Van Gogh one like Mike's got or something. Even just to get it all out, and making and just to make sure that all the parts are there at, at a mm. minimum. You know, make sure all the seams are good, that the zips work. If you haven't got the space, you know, maybe you live in a block of flats or something. Like that, you haven't got a garden or, or an open space you can set this tent. You know, there's a lot of people like it. Um, you haven't got the luxury of being able to just pop out the back garden and set a tent up. But just to make sure that all the seams are good, all the poles are good. You, you, some nine times out of ten, the pegs are crap, so you just order better ones anyhow. But you know, but just to make sure that you know you're you're hitting the ground, sort of running a little bit, that you've got a bit of savvy about right. That's all good. I know they're all good. When you get there, then it's just going to be a little bit of a learning curve, just like actually setting it up. But at least you know all the parts are there at a minimum. All the parts are there, and all the fabric and that seems fine. All the zip seems good. Things like that to consider, you know. Which is always a bit of a bonus. Mm. <laughs> Turning up, Rage just said shit. exactly the same thing. Any kind of shelter sleep system you try first, even if it's in your back garden, nothing worse than finding out something is crap when you're out away from home. So, I mean, a good example yeah, of that is um, we've got like a little event coming up. Um, and the tent I'm planning to use, I haven't used. When was the Falklands Mill Sim that we did? Oh, it was November four years ago. Yeah. So, literally, I've not used it since that event. Um, I wasn't sure if I'd put it away potentially a little bit damp. So I've just got it out to check it for that anyway, just because, you know, if it's got a problem, I can fix it. Um, but it turns out what I had done, so I, I dried it off on the line, but I detached the internal tent from the outer shell mm -hmm. um, and then tried to put it back together in the lounge. So that was fine in theory. But then by putting it back up again, all the straps were in the wrong places and things weren't working. So literally for the space of half an hour, I set the thing up, made, managed to sort of firefight any problems. Um, so when I now take it to this event we're going to, you know, I can just put it up. I know how it goes again. And I've, I've reminded myself there's no good at any dramas. It's it, mate. Exactly that. Exactly easy, that. Easy. And, you know, you've put it up and you've noticed if there's any damage, you would have noticed it there and then, if, you know, if, if any of the poles are worn or anything like that. 
you know, and like you said, you've managed to make some adjustments to make sure it's all 100%. So when you do put it back up next time, you've you saved yourself that half an hour of fucking about, haven't you? So, which is always good. Always good, always good. Um, one next one I had on my list of um, sort of like hazards and things to be mindful of. Obviously, when you go into an event, there's obviously the distance to the event. You know, um, you're looking at if you like myself and Mike, you know, we we sort of live 40 minutes away from each other. If we was to go to a Sterling event, you know, we've got a few hours worth of travel in front of us. Um, now, you know, you, you're bringing in sort of like fatigue of travel and things like. Some people are used to it. Some people can drive. Like my father-in-law, for example, he could drive for days and just it doesn't phase him at all. Me, I can barely get to the shop without thinking oh that's tiring do you know what i mean so i you know it bringing that buddy system into it if you're thinking of going to an event that is a few hours away you know try and make sure you, you're traveling with someone or failing that you're having regular breaks um taking it easy got a flask of hot coffee on you you know you've you sort of planned your route and obviously you're letting other people know the route you're taking where you're going to the event when you're going to be back you know cut some emergency contact details for people and things like that you know, if you're staying at a hotel near near to a site, if it's a battle sim, a film sim sort of thing, location of your hotel, just, you know, removing those risks of people not being able to get hold of you. But then obviously for the distance you're traveling, you know, if you can, if you're in a team, you know, share share the driving. You know what I mean? There's no good trying to do it, do it on one ear and just get there. I want to get there. I want to get there. You know, it's great. Everyone wants to get there, but get there in one piece, you know, from that. That's, that's sort, of what, sort of the message there, if you like. Then it might mm. Yes, I mean, we. I think one of the events we're looking at going to at some point, we've talked about a minibus. Um, yeah. You know, which, to be honest, will be fun in itself. Um, exactly, yeah. It'd just be a bit of extra adventure to it. Um, you know, could be a bit of a laugh. Extends the uh, extends the trip. Mm. Um, I mean, we've done it before. I've done it before on a, on a, on a fishing trip to France for me and my father and the, a few of our friends from work and stuff. We, I think it was uh, six of us went for a week's fishing. Um, into the south of France, hired a lake out and that, and we uh, we hired a minibus, um, very similar to obviously what our intentions are doing with the team. Uh, and good enough that the actual company that we hired the minibus from removed the two back rows of seats because I think it was a 16 seater, so they removed like eight seats from the back, two rows of two across the back. Um, for all our kit and got like, rod bags and that was all going, so we still had ample, we still had like 10 seats or something available to us or something like that. But they removed the two rows, two rows at the back, which freed up a load of room. Then obviously, mm. they can just reinstall them. Well, obviously, when we hand it back, no extra charge. And I think that was, I think it was Averly, Averly Car Hire. That was whether they're still about. It was a few years ago, but yeah, they were fantastic to be able to do that. So, you know, yeah. if it's a bit of a long distance one, you know, other side of Wales or up to the up north <laughs> to Stirling. Uh, Rage has said, so Mike, what you're saying is you're upgrading the murder bag to a murder bus. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Surely it'd have to be a murder van, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, clapped out banger. Here it is. Like an X, <laughs> X Royal Mail. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be red. Got to be any red. Any red's fine. <laughs> um, I just want to go back. Andrew Taylor's uh, made quite an interesting comment. Um, have you tried Bivy a month? Might not be Milsim, but it gets your kit dialed in and makes a Milsim seem pretty straightforward. I managed five years and ten months. I haven't tried that, and I've never heard of that. Bivy a um, month. If what you could throw a bit more Italian, Andrew, it'd be quite interesting to find out more. I did just do a little bit of a Google search while Lance was talking. Um, mm. and I found a chat room where people are basically saying, oh, I bought a bivy last month. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. right. yeah be I saw that. I don't know if anyone saw the Pride of Britain, that young chap who um, slept outside for 560 days or something, raising money for charity. Um, oh, his, okay. granddad, his granddad fell poorly or something like that. And he was, I think he was a, uh, I mean, his granddad passed away from cancer or something, and he, he did money, money raised for cancer, cancer research. And, um, yeah, I think it's five, he was actually, he's actually. The night of the awards, the night before that, he actually slept on the balcony of the hotel they put him in for the next day to collect the award. And then I think his one of his prizes 
for like a Pride of Britain award was to sleep in the on the pitch at Twickenham with his dad oh, that nice. night. So he went he went straight from the award ceremony. Old Waterman would give him his uh, uh, his a uh, spiel and all that, and then he went off with his dad to uh, to the Twickenham ground, set out there under the floodlights. Cool. I was like, that's wicked. But yeah, five hundred and sixty days he's done on the trot, set outside storms, rain, snow, wind, everything. So yeah, yeah. fair play to him. Yeah, yeah, good little lad. So he must be dialed in with his kit. You know what I mean? We need to go to him yeah. for advice. <laughs> well, that's what I think. I mean, I'm assuming the bivy a month. I mean, I say I'll wait for the comments to come in, but I'm assuming it's sort of like you know, once a month, basically mm. sleeping your bivy. Um, which five years and ten months? That's that's pretty pretty epic going. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that's sleeping outside once a month. Is it in a bivy? I have no idea. Well, that that's what I've assumed as well. I'm but sort I'm, of, not sure. I'm sort of sort of taking from that. That sounds yeah. quite cool. I could do that. Uh, Andy says, I have a rule. Uh, if it's over four hour drive, I go up the day before uh, early, give myself some rest time. It's a good shout. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's it. Definitely, mate. 100%. Uh, Dale says, I want to go France. Winton's my father wanted to try that. Yeah, fair play, mate. Uh, Les, we've got the Falklands event coming up in Wales in a few weeks. And we tried to hire a minibus, but the price shot up a lot. I can imagine it would. Yeah. Um, I suppose yeah, it remains I mean, it sort of remain relatively cheap. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, if it, it would, I'm guessing it would remain relatively cheap if you had enough of you to sort of spread the cost about. Do you know what I mean? But it, it all depends on what the prices are. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm going back a few years now when we hired a minibus, and it, it was really reasonable back then. But I, I don't know what the cost would be now. I haven't really looked into it. Mm. But... Andy says, we tend to load up my van with all the gear, which frees up a car to just take people. It means we can slip uh, the load. I'll oh, split the load, sorry. And a fuel cost. Yeah, that's a good shout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I just like the idea of having a van. Oh, a minibus, not a van. Minibus. I like the idea of a minibus. So, uh, rage, put the, rage put it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Andrew says Google Bare Bones bike packing on the forum. They are a yearly bivy a month threads. It's cycling based, but there's a massive wealth of knowledge. Okay. Good shout. Yeah. I will look that up. Nicely done, mate. Cool. Right. Uh, oh, where did we get to? So we we just covered. We did the uh, travel distance. and distance fatigues and things like that. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to steal the next one off your list as well, which is obviously dealing with the, uh, um, basically the event itself. Obviously, you know, you're potentially going to be not getting any sleep. Um. And even if you are getting sleep, it's probably going to be broken. Um. Again, ultimately, it just comes down to getting ratty. I think you know you you've you've pretty much got to. Bear in mind that you're all there. You're all having fun. It's there. You know, we're, we're basically playing toy soldier. Um, but the risk is ultimately that you're not going to be getting a lot of sleep. It's going to be hard routine. You know, you've got to, in some roles, stay up on stag till three in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Standing I guard. One of the, exactly. <laughs> one, of the, um, one of the things I think we've discussed in the podcast before, and we're pretty terrible at, is that quite often our team, whenever we go... <laughs> It does ultimately end up with, oh, let's just lay in. <laughs> you know? I think it's like three or four of us maybe that, that are used to sort of getting up. I'm definitely not a morning person. So, I, you know, you're in your hammock, <coughs> it's raining outside. You just got that nice little breeze just knocking you backwards and forwards. Mm. Um, but there are there are events where, you know, you potentially get bumped out of your safe zone or yeah. your harbour area or whatever. Um, so you've obviously got to be prepared for that. Um, you've got events where you're going to have to tab quite a bit of time um, around the site. Um, I mean, I think the maximum I've ever racked up is something in the region of like six or seven miles, maybe. Um, it's still good going. And yeah. I can quite happily say, I mean, I've, I've done that with uh, 
however many steps or whatever it is over a course of a weekend. But it's not certainly something. Sometimes I, I perhaps sort of come close to it during the week, obviously, because the distance I cover work, walking the railway and that to and from stations or whatever we're doing down the track at night time. But very rarely do I get anywhere near the the, the meterage I cover an S off the vent. You know, it's been a good one when you come out and you think, Christ, look at that. That's why it's always quite good. I always keep your phone on me, making sure the old step on it was going ticking over in the background. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it, essentially it's hard. It, it's it's the adverse effects having doing that hard routine, being deprived of that sleep, being deprived of being comfortable. You know, like you said, it's going to get you ratty, not ratty McRaticus, but it's going to make you a bit narky. You're going to be like, I'm not going to say disorientated in that, but it's it will have an effect if you're if you're deprived of sleep. You know, you know things take longer to process. You know I mean, decision making things become blurred, and, and you know you might make some stupid mistakes and not be as sharp as what you normally would be. But then again, I suppose that's the idea of it. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's sort of there to test you in it in a way. So, but it's just thing to, to bear that in mind. You know, if you do feel yourself sort of thinking, right, I know we're here for the realism, this that, and the other. But if I don't get us some rest now, then that's just I'm. It's going to be fucked for the rest of it. So you're better off just biting the bullet and saying, look, lads, I've, I've got to get my head down. I can't do any more than what I've done already. And that's it. Then get your head down. Because no doubt you're probably pissing them off from being having the right hump from being knackered or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? So you're better off just take your way out, take yourself out of it, get your head down for an hour or so or two hours, whatever you need, and then get back into it. Obviously, don't take the piss and just go and get your head down for nine hours. It's like, so you're mid-afternoon on Sunday when we're all packing up and going home. But, you know, just get that bit of downtime, that bit of rest, and then bring yourself back into it. Because like you said, you've paid for an event. You've paid to go to an event and enjoy yourself. Now, you want to sort of test yourself as much as you possibly can, especially if it's a hard routine one. But then at the same time, you've got to know when sort of enough's enough and you need, you do need to get... You don't do it every day, you know. Most of the... You know, rest of the month, I'm working on the railway at night time. You know, I'm not out sleeping on the floor, running around the woods with a heavy pack on and a, and a riff, blapping away at people. It's not normal for us to be doing that. So you are you are going to feel the effects of it. So you know, don't think, oh, fucking hell, I can't do it. It's like, well, no, you've done it as much as you can for you personally. So go and get your head down, then come back into it, sort of fresh. Don't think, fucking hell, they're all carrying on. So I've got to, you know, give yourself a bit of a spur on. You know, think, oh, I'm getting tired. You know, give yourself a little kick up the arse. Think now, I'll do a bit more. But then when when you when you do feel feel it starting to really affect you, and it is and it's not only bringing you down, but bringing you sort of like the team. You're not bringing your team down, but they can sort of see your knack of mate. Go and get your head down. That's when you sort of start need to listen and go, yeah, all right, I'll be back. Give me a, give me an hour or so and I'll be back. And that's that's as simple as it is. Really is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I find, I, I guess I find with some of the events, I, I wish I, I hadn't worn a I green t-shirt to tonight. Sleep anywhere. Huh? Look at this. I wish I hadn't worn a green t-shirt tonight. I look like a floating <laughs> head. <Woo-hoo. laughs> I have the ability to sleep anywhere. Um, so I, quite literally, I can, you know, I mean, my my. My probably my favourite position so far is that I have literally fallen asleep face down in the middle of Gatwick Airport because um, I was a little bit hungover on the way to Germany. Nice. Um, and I, I just needed to sleep, so I just it was cold. If you're that tired, you will literally sleep anywhere. Yeah. That's what so my name say to me. Of course, you can sleep on a washing line. You could. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the point though. In that, grab some sleep when you can. You know, most meal sims, you're not going to be running around twenty four seven. No, um, exactly. You know, there are times where you are just holding a position of us. So literally, just buddy up, get your eyes shut. You know, just just at least have a rest. Mm. Um, you know, you know, if you, if it's, if you're in an eight man team and there's four points of contact in the area you're co- you're covering or building you're in, four of you could be getting your heads down while the other four are on stake. Yeah, do you know what I mean, think about it. You know, if you if you're able to sit down and still keep a watch, then do so. Do you know what I mean? Don't stand mm. there. If you can get, if you can get some rest, just to take that weight off for a bit. 
you know, I'm not saying ditch all your rigs and everything like that, but if you can just say, look, mate, just you stag for the first half hour or an hour or something, I'll do it, you know, do it that way, you know, you know, use yeah. to your advantage. It's all part of the event, you know, doing these doing these little bits and bobs, it's all part of it. It's getting into Legion events are a good mindset. one for that when you're on them. Yeah. Legion events are a good one for that when you're on stag and like the Sangers. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, absolutely. We, we've done it multiple times. You've just got a buddy system. You've got well, even Mike, big Mike says it himself, didn't he, in the brief. He said, don't mm. take two of you to do it. He said, use that time. Think about it. Yeah. You know, two of you saying there, one should be getting his head down. We'll get a brew on for the other guy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, like I said, buddy system, look out for each other. Yeah. Um, cool. my, my next one, to be honest with you, I've kind of gone more into the event at this point. I didn't know if you had any more pre-event stuff. Um. Not especially. I mean, I've, I've sort of did it from like right, choosing my event, traveling to my event, um, sort of getting set up at the event, you know, things I'm going to encounter. I mean, uh, that was dealing with hard routine. I mean, my, my sort of next on my list was um, was uh, injury risks from playing at the event and things you can encounter like that, things to be mindful of. So just go, go with your one, bud. Yeah, so mine's going to be alcohol. Um, I, I purposely didn't bring up what, what Mike said until just now. Uh, he said, I can definitely advise against getting shit faced on both nights and then going to be uh, going to or trying to adult slash run a team. Um, yeah. so alcohol is obviously, um, I don't want to say acceptable on a meal scene because it's not. Uh, it depends on the event. So, OXO events, for example, you don't drink during the game, it, it's not, it's not have a drink during the airsoft. But in the evening, a few people, you know, you usually have a, a one or two drinks in the evening because it's, it's the social side of things. Exactly. Um, yeah. Obviously, I don't think Legion events are really that kind of inclined. Um, no, no. I wouldn't really say many other of the events because obviously uh, Octo is a little bit different in that you kind of you you have your eight hours and then you effectively stop and then you start again in the morning. Um, most other events I've done that have caught overnight ones generally tend to be continuous. Mm, um, mm. So you're not really stopping that much. I mean, is that the only time really at an event that I've seen that you probably could have a couple of beers or whatever is if you're able to attend the event on the Friday afternoon to get mm. yourself set up ready for the Saturday morning kickoff. So you could have a few beers Friday night. And then obviously once the game kicks off Saturday morning, and if it is like a like an SEO one or something like that, or, or, or Sterling, I'm guessing, you know, Saturday morning it kick. I mean, mind you, a lot of Sterling stuff are actually on MOD ground. So I'm doubt very much you'd be having any booze at all no unless you got a little but, i mean alcohol sleepy. as a whole it, it again is it's almost out. like the sleep thing isn't it like ultimately if you're gonna get shit faced it's gonna ruin your time the next day it will do it know? will do absolutely yeah i mean i'm all for everyone i mean i'll happily have a couple of cans of beer with a, with a, with a barbecue food in the evening or whatnot but um as long as you don't give me gout on my big toe again bastard um <laughs> touch wood it's been all right um but yeah, I mean, it's just knowing knowing when enough's enough. You know, think you've got a big day tomorrow. It's the first day. Everyone's going to be hyped for it. You don't think you waking up at half six, quarter seven in the morning, and like a bear of a sore head going, oh my God. Do you know what I mean? This fucking, what's the point? You know, we've all done it. I mean, I've, I've, done, I've not done it at an airsoft event before, but you know, you've been out on the on the lash Friday night. You've got stuff to do with the kids Saturday. And you wake up and you go, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> don't even look at me. Do you know what I mean? It happens. It does happen. Yeah. yeah. But, um, what about what about uh, here's an interesting concept what about a little cheeky hip flask for a little nip oh yeah you can't say no to that can you i think it's an essential see, piece i think it's a personal i think that's an essential bit of kit see this is the thing i i would say the same thing um but i am sort of sitting here thinking that you know it does sort of very much contravene what we've just said in terms of no, no I don't, well no it, it uh, doing having having a little like a uh, oh 
Yeah, just that little kind of burly yeah. feeling as it goes down. Running around a site. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? That's a bit. There's two different things entirely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You're not out in the middle of the game, so I'm getting shit faced on your hip flask. You got your two liter hip flask. <laughs> yeah, just got. A, just got like a thirty ounce hip flask in my camelback. Yeah. Like, ah. This one's water. This one's vodka. <laughs> vodka and coke. Oh. Where's that coke yeah. powder? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's so, very well. Mate. Yeah, so alcohol, yeah, ultimately, yeah, yeah, yeah. As Andy said, I think the rich call it a nightcap. There we go. Yeah, a wee dram yeah. before bed, hot toddy, <laughs> or your that'll do. So, have you got next one? I have indeed, mate. Yeah, I wish my phone would stop closing, but it does. So, uh, so yeah, mine was injury risks from playing an event, uh, and what can happen and what to do, sort of thing like that. So, the sort of stuff you can, uh, um, you could sort of expect to encounter as a risk. To uh, playing at a, well, I suppose it depends on what sort of site you go to as well, like urban forest woodland sort of thing. What do you reckon, mate? I wasn't listening. Sorry, what did you say? You're a complete arsehole. Oh, right, can I just clarify? The I'm on some pills, and the pills are making me a little bit spacey every once in a while. So I apologise. Um, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so at the Not moment, again. I can. Not again. I, no. I can genuinely really only focus on like one thing at a time um, to the point of I was dropping a mate home from work the other day. Um, we were talking and I was thinking so much about what I was talking about. Just drove him to my house. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I need Come to actually in. take you home. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you like half out the drive and look around? It's like, why is he still in my car? Well, we yeah. know. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're still here. I'm um, sorry. What, I, I didn't hear what you said. What did so you my, say? My, the, the risks associated with like taking part in an event, be it like urban, be it in the forest sort of thing, you know, uh, times of the day you're doing it obviously night time is going to bring its own risks um oh hang on excuse me two seconds well on that uh, note i would say don't don't assume just because if you're playing an urban game where you've got like urban digs and by urban digs i mean that you're basically you know you're spending time in a house um or you know you so for example um the sf base uh legion again uh longmore mm. um we went there we were basically staying in, in bunk houses. We thought, oh, yeah, nice. It would be lovely and warm. But it was frigging cold. You like, will be, yeah. You know, they fell into ice boxes, of... then buildings. Yeah. There was no One other thing as well, uh, urban urban knee pads, whether they're mm. built in or whether you stra- you've got at least one, at least the knee you take regularly, if it's your prominent, like your right or your left, you must have a knee. You've got to, for the roads, the pavements, the stone, gravel, anything like that. You, you, it's a bit more forgiving if you're on forest floor. I mean, you can still cop it, do you know what I mean? But you, you're more than likely to really do yourself some mischief with the old knee, uh, especially at the urban sites. You've got like a lot of hard cut, a lot of hard ground, roads, pavements, walkways, things like that, inside buildings, you know, especially like the ground floors. Some, a lot of them are poor concrete and that. Um, but yeah, so there's a risk there to, you know, just make sure that from a safety point of view. What are you laughing at? I don't, I don't even find it's the the floor itself. It's not the concrete floor. It's normally the frigging little BB that you're kneeling on. That's oh, the thing that yeah. hurts. The, like, the worst one I've ever done with my knee before is I, I knelt on a screw head, which was about 10 mil sticking out. It hadn't been screwed into the ground all the way. And I, and I literally dropped to my knees and I landed on my, I went instantly like see-through and just went, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to be sick. <laughs> that was the worst fucking pain I've ever experienced in my life. Oh my god, yeah! It was the last yeah. bit of the day. Took my knee pads off from work, and I missed one thing, and I just dropped to my knees to pick it up, and just oh, ah! yeah, yeah. So 
yeah, knee protection <laughs> is a must. That is to avert that risk of hurting your knees. Knee protection. See, the next two I've got are kind of I'm going to lump them in together because mm. it's almost like a medication type thing. But obviously, good feet care in terms of blisters. Yeah, and uh, something <laughs> I colloquially known as crotch rot, um, which oh, yeah. is basically you know I'm a larger guy, I sweat. You know, if you're running around all day, your box is going to get wet. The form's like that's nice little chub rub going on mm. down there. Oh, chub rub's the um, worst. So blisters and things like that, it's just it just again ruins it for you because you almost you you know you spend more time like hobbling around. Just go, I really want to join in. I really want to have fun. Mm. Um, just, it's just keeping on top of that admin, isn't it? Personal hygiene yeah. and things like that. Well, not even personal hygiene. It's just it's, it's mitigating that risk. And it like for me, yeah. Under Armour cycling shorts, awesome. Yeah. Yes, mate. Yes, some talc, a dry towel, change of socks. Mm. You know, some of some of that. Um, what's that tape that you recommended, Mike? If you um, do get a bad zinc one, zinc oxide tape. Zinc oxide tape. You know, slap yeah, yeah. a load of that around it. That's what helps for days. Yeah. You know, all them sorts of things. So that that for me is like one of the massive risks because ultimately, um, it is, mate. Yeah. Well, I know, did it, it at, at that private event, didn't I? I mean, it literally just rained. In, yeah. It never stopped raining. It was constant. And my feet got drenched, and I'm literally my own worst enemy, and I'm a fool because I had time to do it. I could have changed my socks out, dried my feet, put dry socks on, put my seal skins over the top, put my wet boots back on. I'd have been fine. Oh no, not Mr. Dickhead here. He just stayed in the wet socks all day long. Got home that night, and it felt like someone was pushing like a million needles through the base of my feet. Oh, I just had to sit there with my feet in warm water to just stop the pain. It was fucking awful. So, yeah, lesson learned there, 100%. If your feet get wet, change them, or change your feet, that'd be handy. Uh, change your, <laughs> Try your feet, change your socks and powder your feet and all that as quick as you can, yeah. Because, yeah. obviously, like I said, it's it's the worst, the worst. I think um, uh, Barry's boy at um, the last uh, Octo game, uh, Oakley, he, he's, him and his buddy's feet got absolutely drenched. So it was, um, we had our fire going in the evening. I said, right, lads, said, over here. I tucked my old uh, schmock jacket on the floor. I said, get your boots, get your socks off, get your feet in front of the fire, dry your feet out. I chucked them to the old medicated, boots, medicated foot powder, get a load of that on there, dry them all off, fresh pair of socks on. And I said, just sit there now, get your boots dried out. Yeah, 100% perfect for the next day. I shouldn't have really done it because they were on blue four. So I could have like, put two players out of the game there, made it a bit easier for the lads. Stopping them there. Well, I can't help it. You know what I mean? <laughs> just in a minute. Oh, there's two later. Could have helped you, but didn't. But no, no, they're all, they're all good. All fighting fit yeah. the next morning. So. Yeah, it's uh, See, um, a no good brainer. example of that. Is we did a, uh, a wild camp with work, um, and we basically walked four miles from our office, um, basically out into the woods, and then four miles back the next day. And we had we had breakfast in the little bistro near near the office. On the way, probably about halfway uh, to where we were staying overnight, I got a massive blister in my foot, mm. and then it completely like properly just hobbling back like. I'd, it's that it's that kind of point where you're like I I can't do this anymore. Like this, just, you just the more you walk on it, you know you're causing it more pain. Yeah, yeah. Um. And that that was actually the one before uh, the mill sim where I was Julian Banjo. <laughs> Julian Banjo. Um. Yeah. So that was that was we did that wild camping the night before, and that was the reason I couldn't go to the airsoft. Um. Along with the the um boob class or whatever we had the next day. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. But that was that event, and that's why I was hobbling around that event because just had a massive blister, and then it just killed. What would you off, say like, with that? Because I haven't got too much knowledge with, when it comes to blisters. Would you say the best thing if you do get a blister to burst it and dress it, or just to leave it and dress it? 
I don't know. Because I know a few people say burst it. Some people say leave it. Because I think it depends on what you're going to be doing with it. So if you're going to be continuing walking on it, I find personally, if you can get the fluid out, zinc oxide tape to hold the whole thing together, yeah, it makes it more manageable. Um, I know you can get like the little um, blister plasters and stuff like that. That kind of like the the donut ring kind of pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Now. To clarify, I'm not a medical professional, and Rage has already just said, "Yeah, no, don't do that." Um, personally, I find don't that do what? Works don't burst it better. or do burst it. <laughs> no, don't burst it or no, don't do burst it. <laughs> it's probably no, don't burst it. And the reason you don't burst it is because the fluid's acting as a protective well, layer. That's what I'm saying because it is a form of under, protective yeah. layer. Yeah. Um, but the reason I find is that interestingly, we're going to cover this next week. We are. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail because it is it is just something that I do um, and I find it helps. Um, but mm. it's usually worst case. I would much prefer if, if I'm not going to have to keep walking on it and I can just, you know, say we're at the end of an event and I need to go home, I would just generally leave it as it is. Yeah. Um, because you just risk infection and stuff getting in it, basically, if you, if you mm. start opening the skin. So, which I'm hoping is the right thing. Rage, Barwings, correct me. Um, there we go. a blister once your home is fine, but blisters are to protect the area. If you burst a blister, it can be easy to get infection in there. Right, yeah. okay. So a blister forming is basically its own sort of field dressing, really, for the damaged area of the skin, if you like. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, cool. it's it's almost, from my understanding, and again, someone correct me, because I'm not a medical professional, it's the two layers, it's the layers of skin basically rubbing, and then they separate. Um, ah. And then, because because you've got that friction going on, the, the blister kind of just acts as a, a protective barrier for that skin underneath. So you've got that going on on top, but it's not affecting the underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, Jade says she's a burst and zinc tape person. There's a couple so, of them, yeah. I mean, I, still, I, know, I must admit, I probably would have done it. I, I don't think I've ever really had a bad blister on my foot, though, so I've never really done that. I've had a few on my palm, but... Oh, there we go, yeah. Cheers, Rachel. There we go, lad. Right, I've got another one then. So, um, for me, environmental risks at the event you're taking part in. So, environmental risk being hazards of plants, the ground layout, things like that. So, you know, you've got to take into consideration you know, like, like giant hogweed, Japanese knotweed, you know, foxgloves, all toxins, you know, poison ivy, all them sort of things that you can get on your skin. Um, but should be mindful if they are in the area, just you know, just try if you can still wear clear. I mean, I know, uh, um, I know at uh, Imperium where we had to clear a little bit of our fob area leading down to that fob. It was in the sort of like the swamplands at Imperium. There is some, I think it's either Japanese knotweed or giant hogweed. So, you know, just getting any of that, the juice from the actual stems or or the sap, if you like, on your skin, it can blister, it can burn and really irritate. So, you know, not good things. Especially if you get in there. I don't know if it's knotweed or giant hogweed. I know it's one of the two. I know. So, giant hogweed is the one that causes the burns. I think Japanese yeah. knotweed's the one that you have to. If you get a little seed of it, because it's so virulent in sporing and like yeah. growing, you have to basically like burn. It's just salted earth protocol. It's just like right, we've got to take out everything. Oh, that's um, I mean, my my dad, um, they had to remove some of it on the side of the railway bank, and literally for one plant, they had to dig like a, like a two meter block out of the ground and have it mm-hmm. taken away in a secured sort of container because of the contamination it causes and how it just spreads. You know, thanks yeah. to the Victorian. Well, the other, it's here, not... it was lovely. <laughs> We had one because it, it's a really it, it really aggressive growing as well. Um, we had one where we had an area and we basically covered it in a concrete slab because we're like you know it's it's all sort of boxy and covered in concrete slab. One spore managed to grow and burst through the concrete slab. It's it's this proper proper aggressive plant. Naughty. Um, yeah. Oh, apparently it's like rhubarb or rubbish. I've, I've never tried. <laughs> Sorry, it. that is the best auto. 
<laughs> you can eat Jay it says, just like rubbers. He can eat it just like rubbers. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rhubarb. Yeah. Swiftly corrected by Jade there. <laughs> yeah, so giant hogweed, as Jade just said, giant hogweed is horrible. It's um the the sap on it basically makes your skin photosensitive. So if you get your skin in the light uh, of the sun or anything like that, it basically breaks down the UV protection on your skin and you just blister. And it, I don't think you can get rid of it either. It's like something that just carries on recurring year on year. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, things to look out for, definitely. The old yeah. flora and fauna at the site you're going to. I've got overexertion mm -hmm. as a risk. Um, and the reason I mention that is uh, this all seemed to relate to Longmore. There was one particular event at Longmore that I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to go hell to leather. And I was jumping over walls, just throwing myself like, you know, I'm not particularly agile, but I was like, threw myself over a wall. It's fine. I'm, I'm in the next garden, moving across and stuff. The next day, I could hardly walk. Um, and that just comes down to the fact that ultimately, I'm not used to doing that level of exercise. Um, I'm definitely not someone that's designed to go over lots of walls. Um, <laughs> Same as that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I mean, with the you've got on as well. Do you know what I mean? It's exactly. Even the guys we're with, I think we're in like a six man team. And even one of them, as I kind of just threw myself over the walls, I think it just under his breath heard, fuck me, that was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I swear to God, I mean, sometimes uh, I swear if my knees had voices, they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What on earth just are you thinking? Like, the amount of bobbing up and down that you do. Like... It's just my knees are going, ooh, oh, back up. Oh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would just one, watch yeah. over exertion. So if, you know, if, you, if you've got anything that's going to be potentially sensitive for you to be there at the next day, mm. I, I don't know. Say you go to church and you've got to, you're going to do some sort of prayer thing where you've got to like, get up and down off your knees. Just be prepared that you might not be able to get up once you're down. Might not be as quick as you as you were previous weekend. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, I've I've because we've got like three flights of stairs to get to my office at work, and I've approached them on a Monday morning after a weekend and we all seem like a ninety year old man. Like, just right, I'll be up in a minute. <laughs> That's normally so, when you know it's been a good one, though. If you're like, it's, yeah. you think, oh, covered some ground this weekend. Yeah, yeah, felt that one. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was like after that Falklands one. I was I was aching when I got home. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. This, is, this one, that one really hurt. I enjoyed it, but that really hurt that one. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my lists I've got is um is nighttime, and not only that, but also dark buildings as well. So um, by that I mean nighttime it, it throws a completely different aspect on an event. You know, from during the day you could have patrolled down the same track or through the same part of woodland. Um, obviously no problems. It's during the day, um, and there's been a couple of low lying branches which haven't caused you any issue or anything like that at all. But as soon as that nighttime comes and you lose all perception of how high or how far something is away from you, you could be just smacked straight into that. Unless you've got the greens on um, and you've got like, the right conditions for using them. You know, there's no mist or fog or you've got starlight and things like that, moonlight out and about. Um, but it's just something to bear in mind. You know, obviously having the ability to see at night with your greens or if you do have to use a bit of white light on your torch, using it, you know, sensibly. And even going into buildings, obviously, during the day, into a dark building. If they, if say for arguments at, um, at Longmore, they have all their metal shutters on them buildings closed. That's proper dark in it. It's pitch black in them buildings. If all those shutters are shut down um, and you've only got the doorway access, you've got that little bead of light coming through the doorway. But as soon as you're in there, that's it, man. Blacked out. It's completely blacked out. So it's just being mindful of things that you didn't consider to be risked during the day. Once that night time falls, 
completely different. You've got a little shell scrape over there. It could be only a foot deep. But if you don't see that at night time, you take a tumble into that. You know what I mean? You could roll your mm. ankle, your knee, anything like that. It's not only you hitting the ground, if you've got a pack on or your, or your rifle and you go backwards, that's going to come straight at your face. All things to consider. So it's just being mindfully, really mindfully of your surroundings, particularly at night time. You know, it's all good at cutting about fast during the day. But as soon as that night falls, you've got to be really careful on your steps and the steps you're taking. And obviously wait, remembering where the hazards are from the daytimes when you've been out on them patrols, you know, sort of getting a little mental map of thinking, right, got to be mindful of that this evening when we're out. Bits and bobs like that to look to sort of consider. Completely changes the element of a game night time. You've got that transition as well. You say running into buildings. It's that transition of day to day Yeah, to absolutely. Dark, right? Yeah, Because you're not just... Usually, you're not just having a casual stroll. You know, you're you're maybe being a three, four man team. You know, mm. you might have two or three guys in front of you. If you pile in and they they've stopped, you know, then you're either going to go straight into the back of them or it's going to cause a problem. It's so. tough. I mean, I've done it at APOC at night time before. Where I've had my thermal scope out. Um, and and Jason, friend of mine, he's done it as well. We've been like all day long. I mean, you could, in a way, yeah, I could walk there with my eyes shut. But night, not come night time, um, we were trying to go through from. Uh, burnt jeep the bottom of the hill there mike up the hill past checkpoint to where the stockade was through the woodland through mm. the back where our where our fob is uh and literally we had to stop for a minute and go right we just need to get our bearings and it took us ages to actually sort of navigate and figure out actually what direction we need to be traveling we've been we've run that site hundreds of times do you know what i mean through the, during the day even in the evening but it, it, it just goes to show it's so easily disorientated night time you know, you could know the site like the back of your hand, but it only takes one thing. You could be one tree just looks like another tree at night time. Do you know what I mean? Especially when you're looking through the white and grey of a of a thermal scope and you're like, right, uh, this is way. <laughs> You've got to just stop and just you know take it slow and just be be mindful of your surroundings, you know. Yeah. Little compasses work for that mm-hmm. as well. Definitely. Just you know, yep. a little bit of orienteering skills. Um moving on to night stuff, because I've I've got a few as well, is just to have a torch on you. I know, I know you were saying in terms of moving into buildings and stuff, but I, um, you know, those little like pesh, like the little press button lights. Yeah. Um, I've had one of those on my kit before. This is before I sort of upgraded to a, a little beacon light. Um, and I was using it as a deadlight because it was, I think it was like two pounds off of eBay. It just worked. I needed a deadlight. I didn't have a torch. It was pitch black at night and I needed to get from like one side of the site to the other. Um, that was the only torch I had. That was the only light I had to get back. And trying to navigate your way down a broken rubble path with a tiny light holding it down on the ground just so you can see barely just enough. Literally to... where you're putting your foot. Yeah. 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 It was it was a nightmare. So just just the simplest little torch. And you can get the little um uh, I think Viper do them, like the little kind of they're almost the size of a battery. I will just find a, a quick picture. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean it's it's going through your night drills as well, isn't it? It's obviously it's that time, yeah. especially now. I mean, Christ, I mean the amount of nighttime dog walks I've done recently with mate with Dan from from our team, Dan wants to. And we've been over to the woods, and it's sort of like reasonably light still. But then, ten minutes into the walk, we're like, it's pitch black now. So the old torch mm. headlight. Like I said, I've almost got my day sack on me, which, which I take to work. That's always got a head torch and a handheld torch in it. I must get a new handheld torch though, because um, it's starting to get a little bit iffy now. A few years old, but um, yeah, it's just busting out the head torch. You know, I've got a little red bike rear bike light which flashes. That goes around the dog's collar. Bang that on, so I can just see it's this little red light going around the woods. There's the dog. He's all right. <laughs> But That's yeah, a good point, doing... actually. Chem lights on the back of your helmet, or whatever, mm, mm, like the yeah, little definitely. ones. Um, nothing, nothing too bright because otherwise you are just going to be giving yourself away. But some sort of little identifying marker over in the back of your I've, head or your yeah. I found the little the little fishing float. You can get little chem lights, mm. and they're literally probably twenty mil long, twenty five mil long, tiny little fishing float ones. Again, same as a silo. Just snap it, 
give it a shake and you've got, you've got the little glow there. You could put a bit of electrical tape around it just so it's just the tip uh, is showing. Just pop that in a bit of a, in a molly strap or something like that. Or you can get a little holder for them, I believe. Um, or the main, the big silums, you can get the big hard plastic um, holder, which you you break it, put it in the holder, quick twist it shut, and then you've got like a little uh, vertical window. And you can just open it up and it's got a little hole to expose a tiny little pinprick of light. Or you can open it all the way and you'll get a full lot sort of like the width of the, of the silum showing, depending on how much light you want to show off. I always thought they were a little bit pointless in having those, to be honest with you, because you've got the massive siloom. Like it to me it seems like a waste to use a, a, a big full length siloom or whatever for for effectively like a little bit of identifying light. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing having that holder, it gives you it's the ability then to sort of use the siloom as to to look around to light up a room or mark something, as well as using it to just identify you to your to make you behind you in your in your section sort of thing when you're patrolling at night time. But yeah, I mean, they are quite good. It keeps it safe as well. Do you know what I mean? If you don't have to break mm. it, you can just chuck one in there, leave it shut. It's in your kit bag or it's, it's clipped to your Bergen or, or whatever it is. And you know, it's always there. I mean, we go on to those ones, Mike, we've got the everlasting ones, haven't we? Yeah. Which will just glow up. And they'll, they'll last for years. You can get me like purples and greens and they're great for marking your kit at nighttime. Really tiny small, here. tiny little teardrop ones on like a key ring. And you can put, click that on a zip or clip it on, on, on the edge of your basher, just so you can then... Talk. It doesn't give out a bright light, but just a nice... There we go. Tiny little one like that, and that just so you can know, oh, there's my Bergen. It's sort of like your nighttime drills, and you haven't got to put a big white light on, blind everybody else. Oh, look, it's looking for my stuff. Do you know what I mean? But that's a good thing mm -hmm. to get into, is it's that time of day when you get back to your fob. Um, you know it's you know the next time you go out, you're going to be either going out and it's getting dark, and when you come back, it's going to be pitch dark, or you're going to go out when it is nighttime then. So you're going to have to make sure you've got... Um, whether it's a night scope or your thermal scope, you've got your nods, um, your head torch, your handheld, any cam lights you're going to need. You know, have that in a little night kit bag sort of thing, ready to go in a little dry bag. So you can just quickly change up. For me, my head torch goes around my neck, just tucks in my top. So if I need it, I can just pull it up. Handheld goes in like a little 9mm mag pouch or something like that. And I'll have my thermal on my me, on me rifle. And just getting into that routine of having it close by. And that's, again, it's your nighttime admin for your kit as well. Making sure you know where your bits and bobs are. And it's not just all spread out like a massive grenade's gone off in your bag and it's just everywhere. Keep it packed away. You know, use one thing, put it back, and put it back in your bag. It's just easy. Easy. Yeah, um, I was just going to show you this one off quick. This is the uh, the little... Uh, ah, yes, torch. yes, yes. Nice. Um, oh, that's all right, yeah. So it, it's designed to just tuck into Molly as well. Yeah, I like that. So, it, it, you know, it, it's... Is that, is that a, what, how, what's the lumens like on that, mate? It's not bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that you buy this for. I mean, I don't know, want it for search and rescue, per, purely just for yeah. like your personal lighting that you want around you. Yeah, I mean, I I find it's not too bad. I mean, O light um, do one I think that's obviously sort of it's going to be better. It's a lot more money. Mm. Um, I've got them. I've got the O lights in my basket and Amazon. I'm just seeing if there's any Black Friday deals on them. Because <laughs> I am desperate. I want because my head torch on it, as, as good as it is, my um, lead lenser for work is starting to sort of show its age now because it's it's, it's, mm. it's relatively old. Um, and I'm sort of tempted to go with the O light mini, which is like an angular one, just goes through a rubber strap, so you can yeah, you yeah. Can take it out and hold yeah, it it's pretty much it. similar to the the, the shape. Yeah, of that one. so I want to get that as a head torch for work and anything else, and it's got like a little magnetic charger which goes on the bottom of it, which I think is quite a cool little touch. Um, and I also want to get the um, the handheld, the large sort of a slightly larger sort of standard, I guess, vape sort of size torch, if you like, um, by Olight. I think it all in oil. 
I think I'm up to a great deal of money. I think it was about 130 quid for for both of them, which I know is quite a lot for a torch, but you know, if it comes with a great warranty. Um, you know, the build quality is relatively good. I'm guessing I've never owned O lights before, so I've always had lead lenser. You know, never let me down. But I don't know. We'll have to see. It's it's, it's in my basket, so I'll have a look. There might yeah. be some lead lenser products out there still. Going, I probably would go lead lenser because I've always used them. So, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. No, I mean, O light. You know, fairly good reputation. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, I'm you, aware you, of, so. your um, your O lights and your Surefire and things like that. Mm. All good stuff. All good stuff. Edward says, I use a head torch that has a headlight and a deadlight. It was £15 or something. It's just for moving around, not helpful in game. Yeah, exactly that. It's just just have something on you because yeah. like, at the very least, if you can just, uh, you know. Well, I use, I use um, that one I've stuff. got, uh, the one we gave away in the Milsim kit bag. You know, that, mm. that rechargeable head torch. Fantastic. I use that in the woods for walking the dog. I get more than enough distance to see where the bloody hound is, you know, what trees running into or squirrely trying to chase. Um it lights up all around me. It's obviously it's got the red aspect as well on it, which is handy for a dead light at night if you do want to use that. I have got um I think I've got another head torch which I use more for my mill sims. It's made by Silver, S I L V A. Um reason being is that when you click it on, the first light you get is a red light. And then you can just hold it down to turn it back off. So if you do need to find something at night, you can just red light it rather than bright white light. And if you're dead, obviously you can just click it on, you get the red aspect. Um I mean, obviously, just hold it down to turn it off again, which is quite cool. I quite, a, lot, a lot of torches I've had, you've had to cycle through all the white options before you get to your red aspect at the end sort of thing. So that's got this S-I-L-V-A green. It's like a green cylindrical, quite a mm. long, thin sort of like a um, lamp aspect, if you like. So, yeah, that's more of my meal sim torch. It's over there, actually. We're not going to go down there. I've just dark. put a link in the chat to the little um, night glow rings. Oh, okay, cool. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah. I think you can get them cheaper elsewhere, so don't don't definitely buy them from the link I've sent you. But if anybody wants to have a look, then feel free. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm trying to think. I can't actually think of the name of them now. What they're called? Those little, but they are well handy for mark for nighttime markers and that. For well, this is this is called a, a night glow ring. Okay. Nicely done. Nicely done. Beautiful. Yes, yeah, very good. Very um. Good. So the other one I was going to say is a deadlight as well. Um, just the the risk there being over overshoot. Um, mm. you know, at night, even during the day, I mean, dead rags are obviously important during the day, but you've obviously got the visual mark, you can throw your hand up. If you've got somebody flapping around in the middle of the forest and they hit you, um, they can't see your hand going up, they might hear you saying hit. Um, mm. but a little red light coming on, you know, that's that's going to be the, the main helpful. thing, yeah. The only thing <laughs> I always find a little bit hard with um, dead lights is you never know if it's someone that's genuinely dead, um. Where they they put the deadlight on, or if it's someone using like the little red torch for like navigation, or to kind of you know mm. trying mm. not to kill off their night vision, um, because and it's always difficult with that. So they, you always challenge them, um, and if you don't hear that back, then you you know start firing away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, no, little, fair one, mate. Deadlight, something like that. It's always good. You got, you got to have it on you. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer. You got. I mean, I must admit, I've gone out. I've gone, oh fuck, it's not working or something like that. But always having that backup. You know what I mean? Like Ed said, there is is that fifteen quid. I mean, that, that one I use. That's no more than fifteen. In fact, I think it was probably a little bit less than fifteen quid. But it's been absolutely mm. blinding. You know what I mean? It's a nice little. It's got a nice little waterproof charging. The the cover for the little micro USB. It's just it's just a really good torch for fifteen quid. I mean, it's just one that I chuck in my, in my work bag. It's a backup. I mean, it's it's helped me out countless times at work when my main torch died and I've had to whip that one out quickly. Bang, you know, never let me down. Every time I use it, come back in, put it on charge. 
um, yeah, it's just a great little torch, really good. And for the for the price of it, you know, and it's there's no signs of it being damaged. You know, when you click a torch sometimes and you you can adjust the head on it and it's like it just flops like that, yeah. floppy. This is like a proper like, I'm like yeah, this is strong. Love this. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me getting that one with a big bulky backpack on it. No, that's my main one. That's my that's my lead lenser H14R.2. Yeah, I've that's got my, one of those. Which goes on my hard hat. Yeah, got the big lithium iron power pack, which is a great. They've got the new one out now. My mate Max has got it at work. It's an absolute legend of a torch. Like turns it on, it's like the sun. <laughs> Just like illuminates the tunnel. It's wicked. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, I don't know what was that thing Dan had at the Octo event. Oh, yeah, they're the they're the um, they're the Dewalt sight lights. Yeah, that bazooka. Thing was a when beast. it's closed, when it's closed down, it looks like a black and yellow bazooka, and you just open up his legs. Yeah. Go, choo, 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 and like, <laughs> it looks like um, the War of the Worlds. This big alien, like <laughs> just looking about. <laughs> there you go. That's the kitty. Awesome. You see, I I, I was going to say like um, for night games and stuff like that. There you go, Mike. Portable... I just sent you that picture. That's that that tunnel is jet black night. So on, on WhatsApp, I don't know if you can get that onto the screen. Yep, two seconds. I've just WhatsApped it to you. So that tunnel, normally there's tunnel lights there, but they weren't working that night. So that's obviously where that where a good head torch comes into it um, to mitigate any risks of getting trippy trippy on the in the on the older tunnels of the underground. Um, and you can see how well it illuminates. And that's that, that's on a normal setting. That's not on like the turbo. You hold the button down, it, it boosts it even more. But um, yeah, with the lights off, it's quite spooky down there. <laughs> when you're walking along, and especially if you've got other train, if you've got other sections of track where there's trains to run, you hear this, and you think, is that going to come around the corner, or is it next door, the other side of that wall? It always, just always, it was always in the back of your mind. Yeah, just keep looking imagine. over your shoulder, keep looking over your shoulder. You just, you go, oh no, here we go. Um, my my uncle, this is a, a side story, but my uncle um, does train spotting and stuff like that. You can actually buy DVDs of tube journeys. So they basically just slap a camera on the front of a train with a load of lights and it just oh, drives right, yeah. around. You just get two or three hours of just literally sitting there watching the front of a train just go through, <laughs> through, through tunnels. Just sitting there like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Price was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, uh, I had something else I was going to mention as well. I can't well, remember. I, I have oh, that was it. Three. The, um, the little flood lights. Do you know the little work lights? Like the little battery-powered... Like, oh, about... I know. Yeah, rechargeable really sort of good. sight light thing. Yeah, they're really good for um if you are in like a, a fixed location or anything like that and you do want to like illuminate buildings or whatever. Because most most sites I would say in the villages don't generally tend to have power. Um no, it might be a bit of a stereotype, but they're mostly sheds and things mm. like that, aren't they? Like timber structures. So if you want to create like um a bit more illumination, use it as searchlights or anything like that, those sorts of little patchy battery powered packs are quite good for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially if you've got them on the outside of the building, because obviously it's going to dazzle anyone trying to look at you. So if you've got them on the outside of a structure, they can't necessarily oh, see you moving it's around. Very, the it's a very, very effective way of defending it. If you're if you're in a fixed position, it's a wicked way of defending it. If you have that, you get that white beam of light just shining out, and obviously you're behind it. It's just there's no way of being picked out unless you, obviously thermal starts coming after you. But mm. yeah, it certainly it certainly mixes up with the green eyes and that as well. It's one one tactical way of uh, of getting around them, I suppose, if you like, which is always mm. good. Always good there. Um, one thing I think, well, well, the next thing I sort of came up with on the old list was in with the weather conditions and how quickly they can change, going mm. especially in the UK. Do you know what I mean, going from a relatively nice sunny day to all of a sudden having a massive downpour, wind starts rolling in, 
so yeah bearing in mind having the uh having the kit on you to sort of like uh i suppose to deal with any changing conditions do you know what i mean obviously this time of year now i mean i'd say from sort of like october through to march it's probably the most difficult time of year to gauge your kit with regards to you know how much is too much how little is too little you know you've got to account you've got, you've got to think about you know the rain aspect of it uh and then obviously you've got extra dry kit there methods ways of keeping or getting dry if you do get wet like your feet example um and then also you've got the, the temperature as well so it's it's from now really it's only going to be doing nothing but dropping in, in theory i mean we do get the odd anomaly where it's like oh yeah we've got a nice balmy 18 degrees towards the end of november december which is not uncommon um but yeah it's just things to bear in mind there where you could be out like i said it's a relatively sunny day you know sort of 15 degrees as soon as that wind comes in that's going to knock a few degrees off there then it starts raining on top of that so you're going to be wet as well as the wind chill factor on what was quite a nice day suddenly to sort of completely ruin it now with the chance of you actually coming down with either getting a stinking horrible cold even going hypothermic if you're out there long enough hey mike do you know what i mean so it's bearing those things in mind you know and that's where we go back to have i got the kit to do this event safely um well oh i need to get some waterproofs i haven't got them i haven't got them i haven't got that i haven't got that should i do it no probably not you know i mean you need to make sure that you've got these things in place before you say yep i can sign up i can i can do this safely now and she just said how is this episode costing me money (laughs) (laughs) always always well it it doesn't make Um, it be it could be spending the other andy's money can't he yeah there you go as um as an aside uh, <laughs> in terms of in terms of packing for an event and stuff like that um when the website goes live which should be in the next few weeks uh, there is a typical kit list on there uh, ready to download I've, I've got to say uh, i haven't had a I've, I've, I've put input into this website and some spiel and bits and bobs but i've i've got to literally take my big russian hat off to mike cuz he is the man in the knowledge of building these sorts of things and just say from what i've seen so far it is amazing it's for not cool. it's wicked i love it even the little uh wobbly um what's that video of him on his laptop showing me the screen that he's working on i'm just like oh it's just quality and last last last.com will will work for the next year on that <laughs> oh. um but yeah so there, there'll be a typical kit list on there as well if anyone wants to download that um i know we've been promising it for a while but it's now done um, and will be available yeah. on the website so nobody has to moan about it being on facebook have we got a sort of a time time slot, Mike, of when this could be this this wonderful thing could be up for people to look at? I'll tell you what, what I'll do is after after the episode tonight, after I've had a bit more food, because I only had about half my dinner, oh, I will okay. I will update the website that's on there at the moment, the landing page with a countdown timer. How's that? Ooh. Is that will that there countdown timer be available at lastlastlast.com? It will. Lastlastlast.com basically takes you to novemberfoxtrot.co.uk. So, uh, <laughs> so I do go. like it. It's not gonna lie, it's quite cool. <laughs> um, my last risk that I had was sweat on iPro. Um, and oh, yes, 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 generally, yes. because again, nothing ruins an event that not suddenly being able to see. Mm. Um, like generally, the only way I'll get around, like, 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 generally, the only way I can get around that is um, backup mesh. Um, you know, I've, I don't think I, I've now suffering fogging problems with the, the edge tactical glasses as well. Yeah. That's a bit of a bastard, isn't it? 
Um, even with the, the anti-fog stuff that you've given me the other day. So um, how long did they actually last then before they fogged up? I mean, I would say four events. So it was four mil sims, basically. Four mil sims, yeah. So you're potentially eight skirmishes. Yeah, and that's that's with that's with the headbands, and everything like that, and replacing those and doing you know trying to keep sweat away from it. So I wasn't getting sweat on them. It's just and to be fair, early tours, it doesn't fog. It it just condenses. So it wasn't so much fogging as just raining on the inside of the glasses as well. Because mm, um, mm. I am a hot, sweaty bastard. <laughs> this is the thing. See the whole thing with the metal mesh and then the plastic, obviously protective lens. Surely someone's able to produce a strong enough plastic which we could make a clear plastic mesh there must be a product there must be a material out there somewhere especially well, you can make a you can make a mesh that's not painted <laughs> asbestos you know <laughs> my eyes are fireproof <laughs> yeah. Look at me. um but you know what i mean though? there must be some form of like a hard heavy duty polymer which is clear um that they could make the same size mesh that metal goggles or glasses are made out of just to, to free up because that's the only reason i don't use mesh goggles is because they're a ball lake at night time you can barely see through them you have to spray the inside of it with like a lighter color either be a white or a very light green just to sort of disperse that little wire subliminal vision you're getting of the actual mesh itself you know it does help it does reduce that if you've got black mesh goggles you know give them a light coat of paint on the inside mm. and that will help to uh sort of like relieve the eye what, i don't know what, what sort of the word i'm looking for Relief, uh, I guess. I suppose the eye relief on the actual black mesh itself being so close mm. up. Have you ever looked through Hero Sharks? No, I haven't, mate. No, not tried Hero Sharks. No, I've got to give them a go. I'd to like fair, to. I mean, even, I've, even I've my short, trying... at the, um, Where was we? At Legion. My, even Michael. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was something to do with the, the temperature that day or, or the little microclimate at Longmore. But my, even my goggles, even with the even with the um, fog stop stuff that I've got, even my surefire, my um, surefly glasses they struggled mm. you know and they, they never normally the only time my mine ever steam up normally is if i'm pressing my uh glasses to my thermal scope at night time and i get an instant sort of steam up and then when i come away from it i don't get it so yeah it's a pain in the ass um lance uh yeah in terms of the hero sharks so i've been trying to invest at the moment in lenses because i i do like the idea of having that proper solid barrier yeah. and yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in any way dissing hero sharks or anything like that at all. You know, I, I, I don't really have a problem with mesh myself, um, because of exactly what Andy's just said. You know, there's the risk of a faulty BB or someone using cheap ones or something like that. Yeah, I get I'll it, get but that. I, 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 I get I, the debris coming through them. Yeah, I yeah. totally get that. So, but I, I've been trying to try lenses. So, um, Terry's just said, Mike, email Edge and ask me if you can be a tester for them and explain the situation. Yeah, if anybody wants open invitation, um, I doubt anybody outside of our little group actually watches this podcast that oh, runs, a, that. That runs an eye protection company. Um, but if you do, send me a pair and I'll give them a go. Yeah, um, big Phil in Australia, he's, he's listening in. He, he may well be, uh, he may be with the MD of Edge. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, if, if they're good, I'll even buy them. I'll definitely buy them because I, I would love to have a decent pair of eye pro. Um, I mean, but, so I mean, what, what is it with with steaming up? Is it the surface area of the glasses are colder than the ambient temperature around them, which causes that's basically it, it yeah. or is it the opposite way around? No, it's from my understanding. It's it's you've got warm, moist air on the cold surface. It's condensing on the cold surface of your glasses. So why um, can't so we have humidity why can't and environment and stuff? Why can't you have heated lenses? 
Well, that's what I was wondering. If, if Ford suddenly made safety glasses with like... You've got rear windows and front windows, haven't you? Could you not yeah. have a little... It hasn't got to go across it, but around it, just to keep that temperature just above. I'll blow it. Have I mean, a tiny little wire running down the middle. I don't care. I'll have more visibility than I would with a mesh. Much bigger holes. Super fat. BBs just bounce off and definitely won't shatter. So by having a bigger hole in the mesh, they actually, they're actually better. I don't know. I would have thought that would be more asking for trouble, wouldn't it? Or we need reinforced contact lenses. That's it. Yeah, just run around with fish bowls on our heads, really, don't we? <laughs> oh no, because the fogging on that would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> claustrophobia has just kicked in. Oh. So yeah, anyway, that was that was my list of risks. I don't know if you've got any last ones left. Um, I don't think so, mate. No, I think I've covered um, what I could think of. Anyhow, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's people who've got other, plenty of other bits and bobs. Oh, the, my, my last one to finish on, which we sort of covered a bit, was um, knowing when enough is enough, burning yourself out, and making sort of silly mistakes, um, which we have sort of covered with your fatigue and that of not getting your head down. Um, which is probably a good one to sort of finish up on. Is you know, yeah. uh, you know we're not we're not soldiers we, we're, we're paying money to go and mess about in a woodland or, or wherever it is we're going for a weekend you know you want to you want to enjoy it you want to be tested i suppose in a way i, I certainly I, I certainly think that when you go away to an event especially if you're like a bit of a hard routine one you know when it when it kicks off that's it till sunday so you've got potentially 48 hours of, of misery coming your way um <laughs> but um at the same time you know at the end of the day you have paid for for something you're paying you're the paying customer at the end of the day so you you sort of then dictate right well i've had enough now i need to go and get me a down for a bit and that's the, that's what you need to realize is you know when you're when you feel yourself starting to go down it's you're knackered you know you're not enjoying it just take yourself out of it because you're not doing yourself any favors by staying there being fucking miserable if it was if it was mike who's completely knackered and he's charging all the it start pissing me off after all and i'll be like mike just go to bed you know what i mean get do yourself a favor you go to bed Get your head down, come back a bit more refreshed. And it's taken a lot worse for me. I don't, I I don't generally tend to get tired. I just get sillier. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, look, look around and Mike's going, woo, woo, yeah. <laughs> But Mike's supposed to be on stag. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, Ed said, uh, watch out for me, Lance. Remember, I could be anywhere. So Ed's a risk. Ed is, Ed, Ed is a risk. Yes, a high risk, Ed. Yeah, especially when you're and in a mob that's supposed to have been guarded, and when you come back, they just sat there around a the fire. Ed's just laying on a pathway right in the middle of it. Yeah, I couldn't. I come back. And I was like, "Are you guys dead? No. Nah. Are you are you on stag or do you, have you got a like any guard duty going on? Nah. And literally, I literally turned to walk up towards our command tent. And went. I was like, hit. And I literally, as I, and I and as he shot me, I saw I literally looked around and just saw him laying on the pathway, and, went, boom, boom, and I was just like, "Fucking dickheads, absolute dickheads." <laughs> but he did tell me um, he loved me, so that makes it all right. Yeah, I don't mind being shot by Ed. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, Andy makes a good point about uh, wild animals as a risk. Um, you jump on a badger or a fox, you know about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. animal poo's probably quite a f- common risk. Well, yeah, um, I mean. The old uh, bits, mate, as well, the old virus disease, virosis, you know. I mean, so there's two elements. There's obviously, as you're saying, there's the actual, you know, proper medical issue of catching virus disease or anything like that, which is another horrible disease you can get. Mine's more the aesthetic thing of just not wanting to smell like shit. Yeah, but yeah, but see, you're becoming one with the environment. 
I That's don't care. I, when I take my dog out, he makes a beeline for fox shit, and then he wonders why he gets hose pipes when he gets home. And he looks at me as if to say, oh, I fucking hate you. Why are you, doing, why are you being so cruel and hosing me down? It's like, don't roll in fox shit, mate. And I won't. Yeah. It's simple. You're bringing this on yourself. I don't know how. And I'm tell, I tell my dog this. I, t- I talk to him and I say, look, now listen, we're going out for a walk. Don't roll in fox shit or you'll get the hose again. And he just sort of looks at me and he's like, uh, we're going now? Yeah. <laughs> well, I get hosed down when I come home as well anyway, if I'm muddy enough. So Nice. I like it. You insist on it though, don't you? Always. Uh, last comment from Harry uh, I think you need seals, dual plane safety goggles like double glazing so the outside paint is cold but the inside should stay the same temperature as your face yeah yeah. there's options there there's options there I think the heated element is, uh, is definitely oh, sealed not seals yeah the heated no, again yeah, maybe a little maybe a little uh, just that just, yeah. that just that tiny little copper wire whatever it would be um Cut a little no, brilliant. Watch. Just uh, oh my you know, god, like, let me just turn on my anti mist system. But it would be you know, a little watch size battery. For, Can you for... imagine thermal with them on? Terrifying, just heated oh. eyes. On it. People are like, What the fuck is that? My thermal's not working. What, you, what, what the? It's just all these things just walking around the forest with massive yeah. eyes, like Mr. Burns coming out the woods with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting silly now. Stop it. Yeah, I told you. When I get tired, I don't just get silly. <laughs> um, right, so that's we'll call that a day. Um, next week we have skills and drills episode two. Yes. Uh, we'll be doing first aid with our very own Rage. Uh, so looking forward to that one. We are uh, indeed. I assume Rage is still on the chat. I don't know. Hopefully he's. So, we might yeah, have big shout out for Rage for helping us out with that one. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be learning some proper proper first aid stuff. Um, so obviously, talk about the risks this week. How can you mitigate some of those next mm-hmm. week? Some of the injuries you might encounter at a site, um, and sort of covering the contents of a of a, of a kit. Uh, me and Mike were discussing is like, we, should we say that it's something that we recommend that you have on you? Um, but then we were sort of the same opinion of no, you, you should definitely 100. Whether it's a skirmish day or a meal sim, 100, you should have your own personal first aid kit on you. Carry either in a in a pouch in your day sack. It must, you must have a little first aid kit on you at all times. And there's the man. The actual legend. He says, you're welcome. And don't forget my sexy commas pouch. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Uh, Rage, I've, got, I've got a pouch of punctuation ready for you, mate. <laughs> it's, full, it's full of all different types of punctuation. <laughs> uh, He'll be sitting there now going, fucking yeah. typo. Fuck. Well, I was just, to be honest with you, I was just thinking that a comma is basically a little swish of the pen. <laughs> Oh, it is a little swish of the pen, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of punctuation marks are swishes, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't upset him because I want him to come on a big good episode. Um, <laughs> feel free to leave us a review on Facebook. Um, if if you have access to Facebook, uh, it'll be cool. We'll read those out. Uh, five stars get read out. Apparently, um, they do. We've we had we've had no other reviews. So. But please don't leave us a one star. Yeah, I mean, if you're not on Facebook, you can re- you can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts and uh, and YouTube and bits and bobs like that. So always welcome. I'm so angry. How <laughs> wonderful! I love it. <laughs> I love so angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see that he's written swish. I knew we'd win him over. He's just accepted it now. This is little white flag. Just yeah. comes out. All right. Okay, you win. I give up. <laughs> um. And yeah, in other news, oh, don't, don't give me a negative review. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like how sorry. he singled you out as well. I haven't yeah, done anything yeah. wrong. This has nothing to do with me. This is all you. <laughs> sorry, pointing at him. Yeah. He did it. <laughs> um, 
And yes, like the website. Dumb, sorry, it's like that dumb and dumber moment in it where he spills the salt and Lloyd looks around him. He's just pointing at it. It was fucking him. <laughs> Oh, the website will be going live in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. We'll probably release it live on one of the episodes. Oh, man, um, so it'll be... either be either be on next week's or the week after, depending how much time I think I can possibly spend to get it just top and tailed. Well, um, top, I'll stop you. Huh? Chop, chop! Don't let us stop you. What well, are you doing fine. here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So thanks for joining. Um, if you want to get in touch, you can do so at November uh, nofochat or hotmail.com. Instagram is November underscore, underscore foxtrot underscore nofo. Facebook is November foxtrot nofo. And YouTube is www.youtube.com forward slash C forward slash November foxtrot. Um, and I'm going to change that when we get our website. I'm just going to refer to the website because it's going to be a lot easier. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Les says, are you guys doing the Christmas giveaway? Uh, probably not, Les. No, we're going to get someone else in to do it, mate. I might ask my mate next. I might ask my neighbours. Mike's going to ask his neighbours to come on for the Christmas special to yeah, apologise yeah. apologize for nicking their Wi-Fi, but to get them to, to dish out dish out the freebies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to get, oh, look at my bulbs. Look, both of these in simultaneously blue. You can't even see them, can you? Uh, loosely. Yeah. But they are. So I've ordered a couple more of them. Not yeah. that you not care because it still looks relatively all right. So it looks sunny in the woods. <laughs> It's his brother, son. Yeah, of course. Getting a bit of a burnt neck as, as it goes, yeah. Uh, Ratty's asked, will the website have a murder bag store? Um, Don't know how we stand legally with that, mate. Well, no, actually, <laughs> I, I've looked into this and we can potentially do that. Um, there will be merch available on the website. The only problem with basically selling stuff, um, just, just open and honest because it's a, it's a fair chat, is that it's buying the stuff to then sell to you guys. Um because ultimately, I don't want to sell stuff to you that's ridiculously overpriced because it's pointless. Even the patches at £7 each, I found myself, I thought, well, that's probably a bit pricey. Um, but we're only making like a pound per patch um, mm. because we have, to, we have to buy so many to get that mm. discount. Um, and that purely covers the cost of the software we use for running the podcast. That's literally nothing yeah. else. That's purely, you know. You know, all the other stuff is either sort of kindly donated. Majority of it's been from Range Right, from from yourselves, your list, the the listeners and viewers, and that for some, some couple of the giveaways, which has been great. But everything else is sort of just literally out of mine and Mike's pocket, as and when we can. Do you know what I mean? So, um, with a bit of merch on the side, but like Mike said, you know, we, we don't want to be charging stupid money for it because that's not what we're about. This is all for just almost show and tell. It's literally just for show and tell, keeping in touch with everyone, um, yeah. and doing it that way. And that's what we've always wanted to do. You know, we don't want to get like corporate like sponsors and oh, we yeah, sell sell this for us and we'll give you them for free and all that. But don't we're not interested in any of that. You know, we are. If I bought this little fold out red cup, which is my daughter's bushcraft cup, I'd say yeah, you should get one of these because I've used it for a few months and it's really really good. I wouldn't just say oh, a company sent me this for free. By the way, it's wicked. Go and get one because I haven't got a clue. You know, it could be shit. But I'm going to tell you that, which is what happens a lot of the time. But mm. that's not what we're about. No. So we, we do need to try power. and find a way to make it a little bit more sustainable. So merch would be an option for that. Um, potentially looking at a few adverts potentially on the website, um, just here or there. I mean, again, I don't want to litter the website with adverts because it's not what we're trying to do. Mm, um, but if anyone's got any ideas on how we can fundraise, that'll be good. Yeah. Um, because, but ultimately, to be honest with I mean, you, we, mean, Mike, we could do a car wash, couldn't we? We mean you could do a bikini car wash. <laughs> yeah. 
Whoa. <laughs> um, ultimately, the best way, to be honest, if anyone wants to help with November Foxtrot, is just like tell your friends about it and like try and get the message out because the more people that we can get listening to it, um, ultimately, the more. So at the moment, we've probably got a following of I think about 40 or 50 people. Um, if we doubled that, then that's if we came out with a new patch, that's more people that will buy that patch. It makes it more viable. Um, yeah, so T-shirts, that was another thing we were looking at. Um, so, yeah, basically they'll, they'll, there are ways of beans that we are going to be doing some stuff on the website. Um, there might be a murder bag on there at some point. Just to <laughs> Go through the pockets of your victims, right? <laughs> he would do if they had clothes on. That's <laughs> the prison pocket. Right, stop, right, enough now. Enough. Yeah, cool. Right. No, Sorry. Right uh, Andrew said, uh, I thought you were going to get us in trouble here. <laughs> Oh, blind right. Say goodbye, Lance. Goodbye, Lance. See you later.